0: as we slowly but surely make our way back into the book of Hebrews, I want to help you understand that the Word of God incarnate, as Hebrews tells us, is all about his sufficiency and all about his supremacy. How he is the all-sufficient God of the universe because he is the supreme God of the universe. But the Word of God inspired The truth that we hold in our hands is just as sufficient and just as supreme as the Word of God incarnate. That's why it's so important for us to study God's Word and to understand His Word. That's why we have titled this, His Revelation is Our Resolution, not just for a new year, not just for a new day. But for every day that we live, the revelation of God is our resolve to study, to learn, to memorize, to meditate, that we might understand the person of God. Because in that revelation, that's what is revealed. His person, along with all of his precepts, along with all of his promises, along with all of his presence and all of his peace, along with everything that is significant to you and me, is wrapped up in the person and work of Jesus Christ our Lord. That's why it's called the revelation of our God. There's even a book of the Bible called the revelation because it's the unveiling, it's the uncovering of the Messiah in all of his glory, and all of his splendor. And the way the book of Revelation describes it is the unveiling and uncovering of God his wrath upon man who will not follow and will not serve him. But we looked at Proverbs 29, verse number 18, last week that without a revelation, the people will perish. Without the truth of God's revelation, the people will perish or literally be unrestrained or out of control. Man knows no bounds. Without the truth of God's holy word. Man does not understand where he's to go and what he's to do without objective truth, absolute truth. And so without that revelation, man is unrestrained. He's out of control. Ultimately he will perish because God tells us in his word what it means to be saved. Latter part of that verse. But happy is a man who keeps the law, which shows you that the vision spoken of or the revelation spoken of truly deals with the law of God. It's his truth. That's why the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the 16th chapter, the 20th verse, he who gives attention to the word will find good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. He who gives attention to the Word will find good. You know, one of the things that has perplexed me over the last year is something I think you need to understand. And maybe you've seen it too. Over the last year, since March of of last year, isn't it interesting that Christians... Those who call themselves Christians are more concerned about health mandates than they are the Holy Scripture mandates. Have you ever noticed that? They're very meticulous about health mandates, but not so much concerning the Holy Scripture mandates. Because God is so forgiving and so graceful and merciful, we don't have to be so concerned about everything that that Jesus says. But it's all about obeying all that he said. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me, they obey me, right? And maybe it's because we truly value our physical health over our spiritual health. Do you ever think about that? we value how we feel physically than how we actually should be spiritually. For the Bible says that we are to be holy as he himself is holy. Could you imagine if we were as meticulous over this last year about our spiritual health as we are about our physical health, how mature we would be, how holy we would be. But I've come to realize that people truly value their physicality over their spirituality. It doesn't mean you shouldn't be concerned about your health. Nothing wrong with that. You should watch out for how you take care of yourself. But it shouldn't take precedence over all that God has said in his word. Because the Bible says that without the revelation of God, people are out of control. They're unrestrained. They'll ultimately perish. But happy is the man who keeps the law of God. Blessed is the man who adheres to the law of God. Give close attention to the word of God. Because when you do, you're trusting in God. When you're trusting in God, you are following God. You are serving God. Pay close attention to his word. So that's why his revelation needs to be our resolution. We resolve with all of our heart, mind, and strength to pull all of our efforts into the truth of God's word because there it reveals to us who he is and everything surrounding him. And I want to know my God more than anything else. It's the chief pursuit in life, as the Apostle Paul said, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, that that would just consume my inner being. That's the way it was for the Apostle Paul. That's why you could say, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. The greatest gain you will ever have as a believer is to die. Did you know that? Your greatest gain in life is to die. Because it ushers you into eternity. It ushers you into the glories of the Lord. It ushers you into your full inheritance. It ushers you into the presence of the living God. So Paul could say, for me to live is Christ. Ah, but to die, that is true gain. And so what does God's revelation reveal to us? Well, last week we said it reveals how he is the one who shields us. And talk to you in scripture how God is our protector, how he is our rampart, how he is our bulwark, our fortress, right? Right? Psalm 91, verses 1 to 4, talks about how God is the protector of man. That's what he does. And so why do I want God's revelation to be my resolution? Because I want to know how my God's going to protect me. Listen, I know that I can protect my family, but I can only protect them so far. I can't stop bullets. Can't do that. I'm not superman although sometimes i think i can be but i'm not but my god is a great shield the great protector of his people and i love what it says over in psalm psalm 84 listen to this for the lord god is a sun and a shield The Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. The Lord of hosts, verse number 12, says this. The Lord of hosts, how blessed is the man who trusts in you. Listen, if God is your shield, your protector, you're living a life of trusting in him. And it goes on to talk about how the Lord God is a son. If we had time, we'd take you to the book of Isaiah, the book of Revelation, where in uh, the the prophecy concerning the arrival of the Messiah in the eternal state, there's no need for a son, S-U-N, because the Lord is the light. He is an everlasting light. He lights the eternal heaven because our Lord is a son. Our Lord is a shield. But not only does God shield us, God shepherds us. God shepherds us. We are in need of someone to lead, someone to guide, someone to watch over us. And our God is the great shepherd of his sheep. That's why in in Matthew chapter 9, when he saw all these people coming to him and after all, he, he was a great healer of man, and everybody was coming to see Jesus, but he saw them. He saw them distressed and depressed. He saw them downcast. He saw them, as the text says in Matthew 9, 34 and 35, like sheep without a shepherd. They had no guidance. They had no direction, because... The shepherds of Israel had led the nation the wrong way. So all throughout the Old Testament, there was this prophecy around this shepherd who would come. Over in the book of um, Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, it says this after God rebukes the shepherds of Israel because they did not feed their flock, they were consumed with their own lives and not the lives of God's people, he says in verse number 11 of Psalm, uh, excuse me, Ezekiel 34, for thus says the Lord God, behold, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep and I will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. It says in verse number 13, I will feed them. Again, in verse number 14, I will feed them in a good pasture. Verse number 15, I will feed my flock and I will lead them to rest. Verse 16, I will seek the lost. I will bring back the scattered, bind up the broken and strengthen the sick. God says, as Israel's shepherd, I'm going to do this For my people, because this is what they need. And then over in chapter 35, it says these words. Chapter 35, I'm sorry, chapter 37, in verse number 24, My servant David will be king over them, and they will all have one shepherd, and they will walk in my ordinances and keep my statutes, and they will observe them. Do you know that in the prophecy of Micah chapter 5, verse number 2, as we understand about where the Messiah would be born, it also tells us what the Messiah would do. It says in Micah 5, verse number 4, he will arise and he will shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace. In Zechariah chapter 13, in the prophecy quoted by our Lord on the eve of the crucifixion, these words, awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man, my associate, declares the Lord of hosts. Strike the shepherd that the sheep may be scattered. In other words, he was the shepherd. He was the promised shepherd that would come to his people Israel And he would lead them and guide them and protect them and watch over them with his rod and his staff. He would comfort them because that's what he would do. And then, of course, those great words in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Told you we'd be back in Hebrews. Hebrews 13, verse number 20. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep... Through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord. He's a shepherd of the sheep. Do you know that our Lord is so much a shepherd that even in eternity, he will still shepherd his people? Book of Revelation, seventh chapter, it says this in verse number 16. They will hunger no longer, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun be down on them, nor any heat. For the lamb in the center of the throne will be their shepherd. Can you think of this for a moment? That in eternity, you and I will still need a shepherd. Our Lord is a shepherd. That's who he is. He's not going to stop shepherding his people Even in eternity, because listen carefully, it says, and will guide them to springs of the water of life, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. He is still leading sheep to water. And in the eternal state, that's what God's going to do with his people Israel, with his people, you and me, the church, who have given our lives to Christ, to the Old Testament saints, because he is the shepherd of his people. Remember that great psalm, Psalm 23? It's the only psalm in the Bible where if you recite the first stanza of the psalm, everybody knows it's Psalm 23, which says the Lord is my shepherd, right? Everybody knows that's Psalm 23. It's the one stanza that defines the psalm. And then the rest of the psalm depicts for us what the shepherd actually does for his people. But it's interesting to note that the Lord, Yahweh, the same word used in Exodus chapter 3, when our Lord God described himself to Moses as the great I am, he is Yahweh-rohi, the great shepherd. I am the shepherd of my people Israel. Do you know that shepherds were the lowest of the social class or the social ladder? They were the bottom rung. They were smelly because they had to live with the sheep 24-7. They had to watch out for them, care for them. That's why the youngest person in the family would usually be the shepherd. That's why when they went to go anoint the next king of Israel, they couldn't find David because David was in the backside of Bethlehem tending sheep. He was the youngest in the family. Nobody wanted that job. And yet our Lord in his humiliation became a shepherd. Isn't it interesting that when the angels made the announcement about the arrival of the Messiah, they made it to who? Shepherds there in the fields outside of Bethlehem because the great shepherd of the people had been born. One author said this about shepherds I find very interesting. It says, Sheep lack a sense of direction. Unlike cats and dogs, sheep can get lost rather easily even in the familiar environment of their own territory. So it is with believers. We cannot guide ourselves. We must rely completely on the word of God and the voice of our shepherd, our Savior. We are like sheep. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. We need someone to guide us. We need someone to lead us. We need someone to show us the way. That's why we had this great shepherd, because we have to make decisions every day. We have to make decisions for our family, for our future, for our finances. And you can't make a decision unless you have a shepherd who leads and guides. That's why he says in Psalm 32:8, I will counsel you with my eye upon you. I will instruct you in the way that you should go. Our God instructs us, He shows us. People all the time ask me, How do I know? How do I know that this is God's will? for my life? Answer, if you ask the question, it's probably not. If you're asking the question, it's probably not God's will for your life. God says, I'm going to make your path smooth. Do you think the shepherd wants to hide his way from his sheep? No. He wants you to know who to marry, who to, where to go to school, when you should move, if you should move. He wants to know everything about you. He wants to lead you in the right way. He doesn't want you to be confused because he knows that without his revelation, the people are out of control. They're unrestrained. So he gives us his revelation to lead us and to guide us so that we will know which way to go, so we will know how to follow the shepherd. Why? Because we listen for his voice. He speaks to us through his word, and we follow that voice. If you're asking the question, should I do this or should I do that? You probably haven't gotten clear direction from the Lord. You need to stay put. Not make a decision yet. Wait for the shepherd to guide, to lead, to speak to you through his word. So you will know exactly what you should do. Always be careful of going ahead of the shepherd. Not being led by the shepherd. Because sometimes, as Psalm 106 tells us, he can give you the desire of your heart, but send a barrenness to your soul. I know a lot of people who love the Lord, who went on ahead and did their own thing because they thought it was the right thing to do, but their souls are completely barren on the inside because they did their own thing. didn't wait for the great shepherd of the sheep to lead them in the way that they should go. We have a shepherd. Not only does he shield us, he shepherds us. He leads, he guides. He protects, he provides. The author would go on and say this, sheep are virtually defenseless. Most animals have a rather effective means of defense. Sharp claws, teeth, speed, ability to hide, keenness of smell, sight, and hearing, great strength, ferocity, but sheep are awkward, weak, ignorant, They have spindle legs and tiny hoofs and are pitifully slow, even devoid of an angry growl, defenseless. The only sure protection for the sheep is the ever watchful shepherd. The shepherd who protects us. We need someone to defend us. And yes, he is our shield. He is our shepherd. He goes on to say this, sheep are easily frightened Being ignorant, unimpressive in stature, and very much aware of their weaknesses, sheep find comfort only in their shepherd's presence and reassuring songs in the night. Sheep are by nature unclean. Other animals lick, scrape, and roll in the grass to cleanse themselves, but not sheep. They will remain filthy indefinitely unless the shepherd cleanses them. We too by nature are unclean and filthy. Apart from our tender shepherd's cleansing, we would remain perpetually dirty. Sheep cannot find food or water. While most animals have a keen sense of smell, sheep depend upon their shepherd completely. If left to themselves, sheep will eat poisonous weeds and die. And when one does it, the others will follow the leader Again, as children of God, we are equally dependent upon our shepherd. He is the guardian of our souls. He is the great shepherd of the sheep. In his humiliation, in his incarnation, in his coming to earth, this great shepherd would lay down his life for the sheep. The equivalent of Psalm 23 in the New Testament is John 10. And listen to the words in John chapter 10 that our Lord says. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. In other words, the only way into the sheepfold is through me. Christ will later say, I am the the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. But he says, I am the door of the sheep. Verse number nine, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Those, uh, the phrase I am, ego, ami. Is, 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 a, is a Greek translation of those uh, four Hebrew consonants in Exodus chapter 3 that David used as a Psalm 23. The great I am is the door. The great I am is the shepherd of his people. says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. says it again. You see, the great emphasis of the shepherd is that he's willing to die for the sheep, that they might experience the beauty of the resurrected life. He goes on and says this. Verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. And then in verse 27, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep, they listen to me. Because they know the price that was paid for their eternal destiny. Our Lord is the good shepherd. We need a shepherd. We need a shepherd that will die for us. We come today to celebrate the Lord's table. Because of the significance of it for your life and mine. This is how he cleanses us. As a shepherd cleanses the sheep, he does it through the blood that was, was shed for you and, and for me. But he willingly lays down his life for the sheep. No one took his life from him. He chose to do this. And that's why we gather together on the first Sunday of every month to celebrate the Lord's table Because it's always that constant reminder to those of us who are sheep that our shepherd would come to die for you and me. That we might experience the beauty of the life he gives to us. Remember that song, that great hymn, Savior, like a shepherd lead us? Much we need thy tender care. In thy pleasant pastures feed us, for our use thy folds prepare. We are thine, do thou befriend us. Be the guardian of our way. Keep thy flock from sin, defend us. Seek us when we go astray. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse and power to free. Early let us seek thy favor, early let us do thy will. Blessed Lord and only Savior, with thy love our bosom fill. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us, thine we are. You see the importance of God's revelation? And we have just barely scratched the surface on the shepherding ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if he is going to protect us, all the while he's protecting us, he is going to provide for us. That's why he shields us. That's why he shepherds us. We need to know that. Because it's a revelation of God that helps us to live in the light of who he is. So when we spend our time in the word of God, we know that I don't have to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow because my shepherd will lead me into tomorrow, into next week, into the future. And while he's leading me, he's going to keep protecting me because he has a rod, he has a staff, and they're going to comfort me, and I'm going to trust in him alone. That's why we live without fear. Because we understand the revelation of the living God. May God give us the grace to understand his word. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. The great reminder of of what you have done for your people. We thank you, Lord, that in the Old Testament you prophesied that you would come as a shepherd of your people Israel. And that when you arrived Shepherds were the first to hear. Because, Lord, we, your sheep, we need a shepherd. Not just any shepherd. We need the Lord as our shepherd. And may it be that every one of us here today could say, The Lord is my shepherd. Not that he's a shepherd or their shepherd, but he's my shepherd, he's my guide. He is my leader. He is the one who gave his life for me. We celebrate that, Lord, because, Lord, we will be forever grateful as we follow you even in glory as our shepherd. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.